Thanks for joining us today. We'd love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. So we encourage you to share your story with us at info at Also, if God is using this ministry to impact you, we want to encourage you to partner with us financially. You can do that by clicking on the giving link located in the description below the video online at fellowshipgj.com or if you are a member here at Fellowship Church, you can give through your fellowship profile on the Church Center app. This will help us continue to bring the message of Christ to our community and beyond. Again, thank you for joining us and enjoy today's message.
Hebrews 12, one says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off every weight that slows us down, especially sin that so easily entangles and let us run the race of faith with perseverance, with our eyes fixed on Christ, the author and finisher of our faith. And friends, that's how I believe that God would want us to end our time of worship today is by a moment of introspection where we look inside ourselves and we ask ourselves, is there any weight that I'm carrying right now that I need to throw off to finish this race of faith? Is there any sin that's tripping me up that I need to, to shed myself of in the name of Christ so that I can press into him more fully? Because friends, how we finish this year is significant to set up the new year. And so I believe for just a moment, just close your eyes for just a moment and search inside yourself. Find that thing that's weighing you down and throw it off. For some of you, you need to throw off fear. For some of us, we need to throw off guilt and shame. For others, we need to forgive ourselves for something that we've done or said or a pattern that we have. For some, we need to ask forgiveness of the Lord. We need to say, God, forgive me for whatever that sin is. And even now as you're asking, I, I sense that some are thinking, well, I'm not worthy to receive forgiveness in this area because I keep messing up. Guys, it's not about our worthiness, it's about Christ's worth. And he paid it all to forgive all of our sins. So God, you, you know, and we know that you're revealing to us those things that we need to throw off. And so we take them now and we symbolically throw them down at your feet and we receive the freedom that we need to run this race of faith the way that you would have us to. God, let us be able to leave behind anything that we need to leave behind so that we can press on, so we can fix our eyes on you and so we can run this race and we can be victorious and we can have victory in you. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for forgiveness. Thank you for your blood that covers all these things and strips away anything that we don't need. We are so grateful that you love us so well that you did that for us. And we love you back. That's why we're here this morning, to sing and to celebrate and to acknowledge your role in our lives. We love you, Jesus. In your name we pray, amen. Well, good morning, church family. If you would, make your way to your seats. You can say hey to each other on your way there if you're watching us online or at home. We are so thrilled that you're watching us. It's awesome to have you. I hope you sense God's presence right there in your home as well. If you are new to Fellowship Church, whether in the room or whether viewing from online somewhere, all you need to do is a text on your device, text 94000 and then text the word fellowship. And when you text fellowship to 94000, it'll lead you through a series of prompts and in the end, it'll get you connected with one of our pastors and we'll be able to pray for you, call you or text you or whatever the heck we we do uh, to just make sure you have all the information you need about Fellowship Church and what's happening. So in a moment, we're going to uh, take the offering. And obviously in these eras, we don't pass buckets, but there's a variety of digital ways that you can give. You can text tithe. Um, you can go to your Fellowship Church app and uh, you can do that through that church center app right there. Very easy. You can also see all the directions on the side screen. You can mail it. 
you can use the drop boxes, you can do whatever you need to do. But in the end, the truth is that how we end is significant. How we end sets up how we begin. And so uh, we want to remind you, this is one of your last chances for the year-end offering. Um, needs to get in before the end of the year to count on your 2020 uh, giving record, and those giving records will be going out shortly. Um, but that's really important to the economy of God. Like it matters to God when we end strongly and that sets us up to begin strongly in the new year. So let's pray. God, we love you. You are our source for all things. The Bible says in James chapter one that every good and perfect gift comes from you. And Lord, we acknowledge that and we receive that. And we thank you for the good gifts that you've given to us in 2020. We know that there's been some weird stuff, but God, we're grateful for the good stuff, your faithfulness to us, your goodness to us, your mercy towards us, the way you've provided God, the relationships we have. God, we, we acknowledge every good thing. And Lord, we return to you the tithes and offerings this morning. And we know that you will be faithful to pour even more back into our lives uh, to meet the needs. And God, we just bless these people. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, church family, there's a lot of stuff coming up that's going to be beginning for us all in January, Bible studies and groups. So let's check out this video and see what they are. Good morning, Fellowship Church. We are so happy that you're joining with us this morning. We hope that you had a very Merry Christmas and we're so excited to worship with you today. If you're new here at Fellowship Church, we wanna invite you to our guest reception that's happening on January 10th. You can sign up on our Church Center app. We offer a continental breakfast as well as a time for you to meet some of our staff and volunteers and get a tour of our building. We would love to get you plugged in and connect you here at Fellowship Church. If you're struggling and you are ready Ready for breakthrough from any addictions that you have in your life, we have a class for you. It's called Life's Healing Choices. We have so many people that have found so much success and so much healing through this curriculum. It's an amazing course. It's going to be starting on January 17th, and you can sign up on the Church Center app on the Groups tab. You can also purchase your books in the bookstore. We are really excited about a new online Bible study that Pastor Will is going to be hosting starting January 19th. Again, this is online so you can literally watch from anywhere, from the comfort of your own home to getting together with a few friends. He's gonna be studying the book of Colossians with you where you can really dig into your identity in Christ and who God created you to be. You can sign up for this online Bible study through the events tab on the Church Center app. Fellowship Church, we love you so much and we are so excited to celebrate the last Sunday in 2020 with you. Well, this is the last Sunday of 2020, right? Thank God, right? Thank you, Jesus. We got a new year coming. We all need it. Now, it's interesting that as you talk to people, that everybody, you know, as we've gone through this together, it's, it's definitely been a tough year. We'll admit it's been a tough year, but it's crazy because you'll talk to people and they say, they'll tell you, even without the COVID, the, this year would have been the hardest year of their life. They had other struggles besides the pandemic. And so they're ready to get to 2021 for a whole other set of reasons. And it's interesting because it seems like when it comes to troubles, when it comes to trials, how they, one part of your life might be going great, but another part of your life is breaking down. I mean, you might be totally blessed with really good relationships, but you're struggling financially. 
Maybe uh, you're, you're blessed financially, but you're struggling physically somehow. Or maybe you're doing great in every area of your life, but there's this one sin issue that you have fought this year more than any year. Now, for me personally, everything in my life has been great. I mean, of course, the pandemic has been a, a frustration, and, and, but God has totally blessed and taken care of us, uh, my family, and I think many of you as well as we've gone through it. But for me physically, this has been probably the hardest year of my life. I've gone through so much physical junk. Starting in February, I started having these just really massive lower back pains. And it, it comes from an injury that I had when I was 17 years, uh, 17 years old. And so as time has gone by, this disc has continued to, continue to deteriorate. And now I'm having all these uh, uh, pains from it. And uh, in fact, it was so bad in February that I actually thought I was passing kidney stones. That's how bad the pain was. But then I ended up going to a, a specialist and, and they told me, and I've been told that of course that one day I'd have to have surgery and I'm just holding out till Jesus comes because I hear I'm getting a new body then anyway so I, I don't want to have to do that surgery but one of the things that they told me is that, that I could get uh, these shots these epidurals uh, that would uh, take the swelling down on my back and and, uh, and and it would fix the issue and it's so funny because you know when I, when I was younger I always talked about my, my grandparents or, or people that were older and how they always would tell you about their aches and their pains and their meds that they were on and I, I was like you know that, that, that kind of make fun of that. And now, now I've become that person, you know, I'm that person. Do you ever, Christmas Vacation is a movie that we watch like every year on Christmas Eve together as a family. And there's a part of that movie where Clark gets locked up in the attic. Do you remember that? And the rest of the family is going to the mall to go shopping and his father-in-law is out there and, and, and they're supposed to be waiting for Clark, but he goes, no, I got to hurry up. I got to eat. I got to take my back pills. That's what he says. I am that person. So the great thing about those shots, those epidurals, is they work. And so I went, I had these shots done in April, and oh man, I felt like a spring buck. I was just ready to take on the world. I had no more pain, and it was just wonderful. And one of the things that I've done over the last five years is I've really gotten into mountain biking. It's something that I can uh, uh, do that will help me become less fat, and uh, uh, it's, just, it's, just, it's a great way to exercise, and I just really enjoy it. And, and the way I am with things like that is I, I watch videos on them, uh, on mountain bikers. I, I try to figure out the best way to, to descend on a hill, to climb ledges, all those kind of things. So I really study it, and and I go out and practice it. And I, I go out to bike parks and stuff and practice these things because that's just the way I am. And I have this thing uh, that I started two or three years ago where I want to get 100 rides in a year. That's my goal. So I want to do 100 rides. That can be on a road bike. That can be on a mountain bike. That can be on Peloton, whatever the case. But I want to do 100 rides a year. So I started off this year. This is a little tough because I had all this back pain. And uh, so I got kind of off to a rough start. But then I get this shot. And I'm like, oh, this is awesome. I can ride all the time. So I start riding all the time. Then in May, I crack a molar in, in my mouth. So I wanted my teeth. And oh, awful pain. And I had to do a root canal. Doing a root canal during the worst parts of COVID when everybody was freaking out. I mean, it looked like I was in a hazmat suit with just this one hole. That's all you could see. And then they're operating. Just, just really a comfortable thing anyway. But under those circumstances, it's not fun. So I go through that. Not that big a deal, but still pain and issues and taking pain medication and that kind of stuff. I get through that, start feeling good. I'm out and about again. I'm riding. And uh, I, two or three times a year, I love to go to bike parks at, at ski 
resorts. Because what they do there is they have all of these really cool trails. You take the chairlift up and then you ride these trails down, just kind of like skiing. You can choose different courses. And so I'm in Snowmass. I'm with my brother-in-law and we go up and we're doing this incredible run called French Press. And they call it French Press because you go through these massive berms and you can actually feel, you know, like the G-force as you go through these berms. And such a great day. It's just so awesome. And I come out of really one of the most, the toughest sections of the, of the course. And I'm out on a, just a kind of a flat area and I'm just going around a corner. And I'm, I mean, I'm not even going that fast. And all of a sudden, as a mountain biker knows, my front tire unexpectedly just washes out from underneath me. And I just happen to hit a big old rock. That's what I land on. When you wreck on mountain biking, you don't get to choose the terrain you fall onto. It chooses itself. And so I fall on this rock with my shoulder. Now, the good news was um, I had already done two miles of the course. The bad news was I still had five miles to go and I ended up breaking my scapula in this wreck. Okay? I have not grown, I have not cried as a grown man from pain like this. It was awful. And so I rode down five more miles uh, of this course with this broken scapula. Well, of course, nothing can, you can't cast that. You can't really do anything for it. You just have to rest and, and get better. So I did six weeks, uh, tried to get back to riding just as quickly as possible, uh, even though I was just on a stationary bike in my house. Because if you get in mountain bike shape, you want to stay in mountain bike shape. Because when you start over, and you get out on the trails and you're out of shape, it's not fun. It's awful. You feel like you want to puke. You have no air. It's just no fun. So I didn't want to start completely over because I still wanted to get my 100 rides in. So I do the six weeks and I think, okay, I'm good. So I get back out on the trails again. I get back in shape. I'm doing, get, getting, uh, get to a point where I'm, I'm really close to getting to my 100 rides for the year. Now, one of the things that the guys here on staff had been working on being able to do uh, for a while now is go on a overnight weekend trip and mountain bike together. So we planned this. We were going to go down to Cortez. There's this really awesome trail system down there called Phil's World. If you know mountain biking, you know about this uh, place. And so this is us. We, uh, we head down and there was actually eight of us that ended up going on this trip and we had so much fun. It was just awesome. It was just this, I don't know, it's so filling in every way. And if you've done Phil's World before, there's a specific part on top of the first hill where there's this big rock ledge that you can go off of. And I've always wanted to do it. Like there's, and I know that I say that and there's a lot of people that go, why would you want to do such a thing? What, what, what is in you? There's something in guys that makes us do stupid things. Just, it just is. There's just something that we just, it challenges us. We, we want to attempt it. So we, we start working on, you know, uh, uh, getting the courage up to do this ledge. And so um, this is Joe. He goes off of it. He's one of the first ones. Oh, no, actually, this is Daniel. Daniel's on our praise team. He actually sang this morning. And so he goes off of this ledge, and it's a four-foot ledge. Okay, and on, it's so funny because on video with, with mountain bikes, it never looks like it's that big a deal, but really it is. So that ledge comes to right here on your chest. And I measured that, okay? So I wanted to know how high that was, and I came home and then actually measured that it's a four-foot ledge. And then Joe goes next. He goes it, and just no problem. And then... And then I go, and it's like I said, I get my nerve up and get, get ready and got my speed right. Everything's right. Boom, I'm good, okay? So as a guy, 
because I measured it and I, I, and I was trying to think logically. I thought to myself, because I did that four foot ledge, I can do any four foot ledge. Oh, nay, nay. Because <laughs> a few weeks later, uh, I decide that me and Pastor Will, we're gonna go out to lunch loops and we go and we're riding and, and I wasn't really, I seriously wasn't gonna try to do anything crazy. I didn't even bring like my knee pads or elbow pads or anything, but there's a specific ledge on uh, Raven's Ridge that I had been wanting to attempt. It's a big ledge. Uh, and I thought, you know what? I did that one in Cortez. I can do this one, no problem. So I start off and I'm actually gonna do, show this in slow-mo so I can show you what happened. Uh, uh, so I'm heading off here. Uh, everything looks good. And I go off the ledge. And honestly, at this point, I'm in pretty good shape. My body position is right. My front tire, even though it's down, is okay because I'm landing on a ledge or in a trail that's actually a descending trail. The problem is my back tire hits this lip of this rock. And you can see it right there. I hit and go ahead and roll. And this is what ends up happening, Okay. <laughs> So, so Pastor Will is recording, and uh, I don't know, this is another sick thing that men do. We record each other doing stupid things. I guess because we figure if we make it, we have video proof to brag about it. If we, if we eat it, then we have something to laugh about later, I guess is why we do it. But he immediately starts praying, which is a good thing because the things that were coming out of my mouth, Jesus wasn't listening to. So, so Will immediately starts praying. I come down and when I land, I land on my head and I, I break my helmet. And uh, then the, the, the force pulls my uh, neck under, uh, under me. And then so I kind of do a flip on the ground and I, a, double com, uh, a double compression fracture in my back, really bad whiplash. I mean, I, I, honestly, this injury has taken me longer and has been as painful as the broken scapula. And I'm actually almost six weeks uh, uh, from that injury and I'm, I'm still recuperating from it. So that's been my 2020 physically. The first th three things weren't really my fault. They were accidents. That was 100% my fault, okay? I did that to myself. Now it's funny because a lot of times we go through a hardship or some kind of pain and we do this game and it gives us some kind of solace where we think, well, that's bad, but at least I'm not this person because that person's really got it bad, right? The truth is, is that all of those things could have been way worse. If you would have seen actually how I fell, you're, it's a wonder that in a miracle from God and that Will was praying for me, that it wasn't worse. And so I think sometimes we do, we take some comfort in that. It's like, oh, it could still be worse. It could still be worse. Where there's this guy in the Bible, in the Old Testament, that definitely had it worse. It doesn't matter what we go through in life, we will always be able to look at the life of Job and go, yeah, but at least we're not Job. At least we didn't go through what he went through. Now, his story is incredible, so captivating. Um, he, this, this, the, this particular book was a book that I did an exegesis on my first semester in college. And it's something we had to do in Old Testament his, history. And I wanted to make sure I did something that was a, just a really intriguing story. And Job's got it all. This story's got it all. It's got love. It's got betrayal. It's got uh, uh, loyalty issues and understanding loyalty. It's got really cool spiritual uh, warfare aspects. But it has a story of a man where everything goes wrong and he can't figure out why. And that's where we pick up Job chapter one, verse one. 
The Bible says there once was a man named Job who lived in the land of us. He was blameless, a man of complete integrity. He feared God and stayed away from evil. He had seven sons and three daughters. He owned 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 teams of oxen, and 500 female donkeys. He also had many servants. He was, in fact, the richest person in the entire area. One day, the members of the heavenly court, in Hebrew, this is translated sons of God or angels, came to present themselves before the Lord. And the accuser, Satan, came with them. Isn't that interesting? That God just has a staff meeting. He just calls all the angels in. He wants them to report to him. And Lucifer has already fallen. Lucifer is Satan. He was an angel. Now he's the, the, the devil, but he still has to come in and he has to give account to the Lord. And the Lord asks him, where have you come from? Like God doesn't know. And Satan answers the Lord, I have been patrolling the earth, watching everything that's going on. That's what he does. He's always done that. He always will do that. Then the Lord asked Satan, have you noticed my servant Job? He's the finest man in all the earth. He is blameless, a man of complete integrity. He fears God and stays away from evil. This is like a parent being proud of their child. And it is really, it's the heavenly father looking at Job's life and saying, look, 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 Lucifer, look, look, you, all the stuff that you try to do, all the stuff that you try to pull with people, you may try that with everybody and you've tried it with Job, but it's never worked. Then Satan replies to the Lord, yes, but Job has good reason for fear, to fear God. You've always put a wall of protection around him and his home and his property. You have made him prosper in everything he does. Look how rich he is, but reach out and take away everything he has and he will surely curse you to your face. All right, you may test him, the Lord said to Satan. Do whatever you want with, uh, with, everything, uh, with everything he possesses, but don't harm him physically. So Satan left the Lord's presence. One day when Job's sons and daughters were feasting at the oldest brother's house, a messenger arrived at Job's home with, his, with this news. Your oxen were plowing with the donkeys feeding beside them. When the Sabians raided us, I think these are Nick Sabian's descendants actually, awful people. Um, every Alabama fan, now just, just turn the TV off. You're like, done. Hang in with me, hang in with me. They stole all the animals and kill all the farmhands. I am the only one who escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, another messenger arrived with this news. The fire of God has fallen from heaven and burned up your sheep and the shepherds. I am the only one who escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, a third messenger. Now, if you're Job, wouldn't you go to the third messenger? Ah, uh, ah, uh, ah, uh, no. I had a bad enough day. Whatever it is, I don't want to hear it. But the third messenger comes along. And he says, three bands of Chaldeans ra raiders have stolen your camels and killed your servants. I am the only one who escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, another messenger arrived with the news. Your sons and daughters were feasting in their oldest brother's home. Suddenly a powerful wind swept in from the wilderness and hit the house on all sides. The house collapsed and all your children are dead. I am the only one who escaped to tell you. Job stood up and tore his robe in grief, which was uh, customary during this time. Then he shaved his head and fell to the ground to worship. He said, I came naked from my mother's womb and I will be naked when I leave. The Lord gave me what I had and the Lord has taken it away. Praise the name of the Lord. In all of this, 
Job did not sin by blaming God. Understand what he went through. He lost everything. He lost everything. This would be like you losing your home, you losing your job, you losing your, everything in your 401k, losing everything in your savings account, losing, losing all of your children. He, he lost everything, yet this was his response. Now, later on in scripture, we see that Satan goes back to God. God said, see, I told you. And Satan says, yes, of course, he hasn't cursed you because you haven't let me touch him yet. So after that, Satan goes back down. He causes all kinds of physical torment upon Job, awful sores on his skin. I mean, pretty much the worst sickness you can possibly have. He inflicts that on Job. Job never curses God. And then the next, some 35, 36 chapters are all about uh, Job's friends coming to him saying, dude, what did you do? Seriously, you must have some kind of unconfessed sin in your life. You must have done something wrong to deserve all of these things. And I think we do that to ourselves, right? Sometimes trouble comes upon us and we try to figure out why. Why? What what have I done? Have 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 I said something wrong? Do I have some kind of unconfessed sin in my life? And we try to start figuring out why the calamities of life have hit us. And that's exactly where Job was. Well, in this story, what can we learn? In this story, what can we learn in how Job handled his hardships for us to be able to handle our hardships better? How do we handle the craziness of 2020? And how do we handle hardships in the future? Because here's the thing, they're gonna come. Times are getting crazier. Stuff is gonna happen. It just will. But how do we handle it? When it does, well, there's some promises that we can hang to that will help us in this process. Number one, and this is something that Job did, is he just trusted God. He trusted him. We got to trust God with our finances. We got to trust God with our health. We got to trust God with our relationships. We got to trust God with our kids. We, got, we, we need to trust God with all the craziness that is happening in the world, with the government, with the election. We just need to trust God. He has a plan. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. And this is for his believers. They're, they are plans for good and not for disaster to give you a future and a hope. God has a plan even in times when it seems like he doesn't. He's had a plan for you ever since the beginning of your existence. He knits you together in your mother's womb. He has a plan for you for a hope in a future. He, he gets it. He understands it. Understand, as nutty as it's been over the last 12 months, God is not in heaven going, what happened to my plans? What is going on? This, I don't, this is completely outside of my control. I had no idea this was going to happen. No. As crazy it is, as it is and, as, and it has been, God has a plan. Here's the other thing. God sees the whole picture. He just does. I remember when I was in college, I, when I first met Rebecca, we went over to her grandmother's house and her, and her grandmother did needlepoint. And on the uh, dining room table was this needing po- uh, needlepoint kit. And, and she had the thing on the table, but it was upside down. And I looked at it and I was like, whew, her grandma's not very good at this. I don't know what this is supposed to be, but it's, it's ugly. And then I realized that I was looking at it from the wrong side. And I turned it over and saw it and how beautiful it was if I was looking at it from the right perspective. God 
has got the whole picture that we cannot see. Who knows? You may be going through something now because God is having conversations about you. Things are happening in the spiritual that we don't understand. You may be having hardships now, but God sees what that hardship is going to produce. I think we can look back over our life and see some of the crazy things that have happened and the, and the hurts and the pains and the, and the, the pits, the, the cliffs that we've fallen off of and at that time wondered why and later realized it. There's gonna be some things that we won't ever get, right? We, 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 we will when we go to heaven, we'll be able to look at the whole picture and go, oh, okay, I get it. I see what you're doing. You think about when Jesus was crucified. The disciples and those that loved Jesus, those that had realized that he was the Messiah, they thought he was going to be the king, set himself up as the king of Israel, and Israel was going to be a, become a world power again. Jesus had made all of these friends, and he had touched all these people's lives, and then all of a sudden he's hanging on a cross? What? What's the plan there, God? What's the big picture here, God? How can you bring anything good out of this, Lord? And yet three days later, he's resurrected. And as a result of that, we get eternal life. That's the way God looks at things. He has a plan. He sees the whole picture. And all we have to do, number three, is stay faithful and we will be blessed. That's what happened in Job's life. That's the promises we have in the word. Romans 8, 28 says, and we know that God causes everything to work together for the good. So everything for the good. And a lot of times people stop there and go, okay, well, that's comforting. That's a blanket for everyone. But we don't read the next part. Of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. Well, everybody in this room, you love God. If you love God, you've been called according to his purpose. So no matter what you're going through, he's gonna bring about good. That's what he did in the crucifixion as he brought about a resurrection. You fast forward now several chapters in time in Job chapter 42, and we see what happens from Job's faithfulness, from his willingness to just keep plowing forward and staying faithful to the Lord. The Bible says, when Job prayed for his friends, the ones that had been trying to get him just to curse God and die, the Lord restored his fortunes. In fact, the Lord gave him twice as much as before. So the Lord blessed Job in the second half of his life even more than in the beginning. For now he had 14,000 sheep, 6,000 camels, 1,000 teams of oxen, and 1,000 female donkeys. He also gave Job seven more sons and three more daughters. Now it's interesting uh, to note that in this story, you'll see that God multiplies everything Job had by two, except his kids. Why is that? Because his children, unlike livestock and possessions, have a spirit. From God's point of view, he did double his number of children. The first 10 children who died were now in heaven with God and Job would be reunited with them again. So God doubled everything. Can you imagine of all the things that you've lost in your life, the devil has taken from you? If God were to double those things and bless you in the future with him, 
I think that that's something that we all hope for, right? That we'll go through this pain, we'll go through this heartache, we'll go through this struggle for, for some reason, and that at the end of the tunnel, we're gonna be blessed for it. Well, I don't think there's anything wrong with, with praying that. There's a prayer uh, in the Bible that's the prayer of Jabez. It's something a lot of us started praying for ourselves years ago. And in this particular prayer, Jabez, he prays for blessing. Prays for that he would be, uh, uh, that his influence would cover the land, that God would, would guide him and that he would protect him. And so, so on a daily basis, I pray this prayer of Jabez over our life. But I think after all of us have gone through 2020, which we've all lost things, I think it would be a good idea as a church family if we pray this prayer of Job. So we will be blessed doubly for everything that we've lost. So let's stand up together. And as we do, I just want you to think for a second. Think for a second about everything that the devil has stolen from you. Maybe over the last year, but maybe not just over the last year. Maybe you look beyond that. Maybe he stole a relationship with you. He stole a marriage. Maybe he stole something financially from you. Maybe he has stolen your children from you for a season. Maybe he's stolen a business or a home. Whatever it is, God can restore it. And so as we give that stuff back to the Lord, let's say this prayer of Job together. Shall we repeat after me? Lord, you have given me all that I have and all that I've had. I trust you with whatever you have taken away. Praise the name of the Lord forever. Loose into my life everything that I have lost twofold. Every blessing that I've ever received, double it. You can trust me with the blessing. Give me the strength to handle the blessing. In Jesus' name. So Lord, we come before you this morning and we all are a people of loss. We've all lost things over this last year. We've all lost things throughout our life. And I pray, Lord God, that you would manifest this prayer in our life in such an incredible way. That for many of us, you'd bring back our health. You'd bind up a spirit of infirmity that is... Caused, uh, caused us to live an unhealthy life for so long. You bind up that evil spirit, you would get it out of our life completely. For some of us, we have been, it just feels like we've been plagued financially. I pray in Jesus' name that you would rebuke the devourer from our life and from our finances. For many of us, we have children that have become prodigal kids. The devil has stolen but I pray in Jesus' name that you'd bring him back. Only you can do it, God. We've tried everything. We pray, Lord Jesus, that you would call them home.
I pray, Lord God, that you would restore relationships. For some of us, this year has been a year of betrayal. We've had friends that we thought were friends that have walked out on us. We don't understand why, but God, you see the big picture. Maybe you're protecting us from something. I pray now that you would doubly give us friendships and relationships back that are quality. People that will be in our life that won't betray us, that we can trust. I pray, Lord God, that 2021 would be the most blessed year of our life, regardless of what's going on around us with the world. We know that our finances are not based on the world's finances. Our finances are based on you. We pray, Lord Jesus, that you would always keep us faithful. We would always praise you. No matter what happens, we would praise you in the good times. We would praise you in the tough times. Bless us like you only can. Protect us going into this new year. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you guys. We'll see you next year. Thanks so much for listening to this week's message at Fellowship Church. If you have not made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, I want to give you the opportunity to do that right now. The Bible says in the book of Romans, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You can do that right now. I just want to encourage you to pray this prayer with me. Just say, Dear Jesus, I am a sinner and I need forgiveness. Please forgive me of my sins. I believe that you are Lord, that you died on the cross for my sins and that you rose again. And God, I thank you for that. I ask you now to be my savior, to guide my life, and to give me a home forever in heaven. And God, I ask you this in your precious son, Jesus Christ's name, amen. If you just prayed this prayer for the first time or you need prayer, we would love to hear from you. You can contact us at 970-245-PRAY or at prayer at fellowshipgj.com. If this was your first time experiencing Fellowship Church, please click the first time link located in the description below the video. Thanks again. We hope to see you next week for our online services at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m.